When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 322 on Now You Know. We're brought to you, as always, by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. There are a lot of really cool perks over there. You can join our investor club, watch our bonus stories, join our polls. We got book clubs. You're definitely going to want to check those out over at patreon.com slash now you know. Thank you for the support. Exter is the sponsor of this episode. Are you looking for gift ideas this time of year? How about extra carrying essentials like phone cases, cash clips, key trackers, or wallets? We both carry extra wallets. And I can't imagine going back to the old traditional bifold wallet. Extra wallets look sharp, are easier to use, and we love that they use environmentally friendly, high quality materials. This is the Parliament wallet. It's vegan leather from a recycled car windshield. It's half the size of my old wallet and holds up to 12 cards plus cash. And extra items are harder to lose. I can use my phone to track the location of my space-grade aluminum card holder. The solar-powered tracking device will make sure that you don't lose your wallet. Two hours in the sun equals three months of charge. Is it time for you to upgrade your wallet? Yes. Shop extra at this link. Use the code now you know at checkout to receive 25% off all orders and 35% off a purchase above $200. Plus, you'll get a free cash clip. The deal is good November 9th through the 27th. So we've already reported on Tesla's ambitious goal to sell 80,000 vehicles in Germany by the end of this year. Last year, Tesla sold almost 40,000 vehicles in Germany. So if they can pull it off, Tesla would be doubling their German sales year over year. Now, Tesla was just shy of 35,000 cars delivered as of September, so they would really have to ramp things up to hit 80,000 by December 31st. Yeah, and complicating everything is a German EV incentive called the Green or Environmental Bonus. This is going to be reduced as of January 1st, so EVs priced over 40,000 euros will see the EV incentive drop from 5,000 euros off to 3,000 euros. But an email from Tesla that's been going out to prospective German customers seems to show that Tesla is doubling down on their goal. Yeah, the communication confirms that if a customer places an order right now and Tesla can't deliver by the end of the year, Tesla will cover the difference of the reduced EV incentive or 2,000 euros. This has been causing a rush of Tesla orders in Germany, and we'll have to see if Giga Berlin is up to the task. Now, I think even if Giga Berlin can't make enough vehicles, I still feel like Tesla could ship some vehicles from Fremont or even Giga Shanghai to pull it off. I guess. Do you really need to do that? I mean, isn't it more cost competitive to just make them in Germany? And if you can't make that many, then you say, well, we'll pay the 2000 Maybe. I just feel like it's a feather in Elon's cap to be able to pull this off. I mean, by being able to double your year over year sales, it's just like 
look what we're doing in your own home country, BMW, Mercedes, and VW. Right. And I mean, it would be the best-selling car brand in Germany if they could pull it off. Yeah. So, so comment below. What do you think? Can Tesla do it? And uh, we asked our patrons this, so we're going to find out what they thought later in the show. And speaking about pulling out all the stops, we reported a few weeks ago on Tesla's plan to expand at Giga Berlin. Well, look at this drone footage from Tobias Lind. And by the way, go subscribe to his YouTube channel for amazing drone footage to keep you up to date on what's going on there at Tesla's German Gigafactory. So Tesla has been busy preparing for the expansion by clearing trees. Busy! About 173 acres or 70 hectares of land at the northern end of Tesla's 300-acre parcel. Tesla's plan is to triple today's vehicle run rate to get to a 1.5 million annual vehicle production rate with more than 100 gigawatt hours of batteries. They'll be doing that in seven phases over the next few years. So phase one and two will mostly be to expand the existing facilities by adding hazardous material storage and recycling areas along with a new battery cell testing lab. Also, some temporary structures will be built so that they can have vehicle deliveries happen right at Giga Berlin. Phase three will be when Tesla adds more vehicle production capacity with two additional buildings coming online in the first half of 2023. This is where the land is being cleared today. These buildings will supplement existing production by adding another paint shop, gigapress area, and more. Phase four will be when Tesla adds a permanent delivery center and improved logistics for the whole complex. And I think that probably means something to do with that train station. Train station. Because there's a train line. Doot, doot. Phase five will be the start of new vehicle production in the new buildings, and that should happen in the first half of 2025 if everything goes well. Phase six and seven involve new buildings where Tesla will build another 50 gigawatt hours per year of batteries and a million drive units annually. Yeah, this is pretty exciting. I mean, I watched some drone footage from a week ago where there was a whole bunch of trees. And then as of Monday, they all seem to be gone. Right. And just for all the people who love trees like me, this was a tree plantation. Yeah, it was a cardboard forest, basically. I mean, these were trees meant to be harvested. This is not some old growth forest no. where the druids were practicing. They weren't druids in Germany, were they? Maybe. German <laughs> druids. Tell me. I want to know. I don't know every piece of history. Tell me below. And speaking of increasing Tesla factory production rates, according to Bloomberg, Tesla is now sending Giga Shanghai engineers to Tesla's Fremont factory in California to help increase output. Yeah, it looks like with the success of Giga Shanghai in boosting their vehicle output. Yeah, September saw 80 2,088 new cars produced, which was a record in China. Tesla is sending about 200 automation and control engineers to the Fremont factory to see if they can work their magic on the already overcapacity factory. So according to Tesla's Q2 earnings report, Tesla's 12-year-old Fremont factory was at a run rate of 600,000. And then in the Q3 report, it was bumped up to 650,000. That's 100,000 S's and X's and 550,000 threes and Y's. So what if Tesla is able to juice even more? Right. I mean, the place is packed, but I guess if you can get more robots in, you can actually get more out of less space. I feel like it was packed when we went for our tour back in like 2018. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, wow, this place is packed. Well, don't forget they added like tents outside the <laughs> building. Know. Yeah, comment below. I mean, how many more vehicles do you think they can squeeze out of Fremont in a year? And if you want Tesla to make even more vehicles, hit the like button. I know it has nothing to do with that, but it'll really help out this channel, which, you know, indirectly could help Tesla. So Tesla started releasing FSD beta 10.69.3 to internal testers last week. A few weeks later, than originally planned. Tesla also started pushing out software update 2022.40.4. Hang on. 
Uh, I think this is getting confusing for a lot of people, and we should, like, clarify. I think it is very logical for update 2222.4.4.3.69.3. Aren't we all robots here? We're not. We're not. We're not. Uh, anyway. I'm continually confused because, like, I have a Model X, you have a Model 3, and we're never on the same update. Right. Okay. And you're always like, oh, don't push that button. And I'm like, I don't. What are you? What are we talking about here? The reason that there are two different release numbers and different software is because, well, there are two different operating systems going out to three different groups of Tesla owners. Oh, OK, hang on. You just confused me even more. OK, the three groups of Tesla owners are number one, regular non FSD owners. So these are people who did not pay for FSD. These people are getting 2022.40.4. OK. Group number two, these are Tesla owners who are a part of the FSD beta tester program, which is currently about 160,000 people, mainly in the United States. Uh, if you're in that group, you're probably on 10.69.2 right now. Okay. And then group number three, Tesla owners who paid for full self-driving, but aren't a part of the FSD beta group. Okay, got it. So 2022.40.4, which goes out to most Tesla owners, has the following updates and features. Sentry mode and dog mode. Yeah, so now you can keep your car and your pet safe at the same time. So sentry mode alarms are silenced if dog mode and sentry mode are both enabled. The mobile app notifications will still be sent and video footage will still be saved. And I really like that. So that way you can still have sentry mode recording all around the car. You'll still get a notification if someone's banging on the window, um, but it's not going <laughs> to... Start playing Takata and Fugue really loudly inside your the, and your dog would freak out. Next is improved charging efficiency. Yeah, so during DC fast charging, the car's thermal system controls have been optimized for each charging station's power capability, improving both charging and en-route battery preconditioning efficiency. This results basically in faster charge times and reduced energy costs. Next is radio station logos. Woohoo! The media player now displays radio station logos for improved discoverability when searching for your favorite stations. Driver door unlock mode. This is kind of cool. When driver door unlock mode is enabled, long pressing the interior driver door switch, so I guess I should do this, it's over here, mm -hmm. will unlock all the doors and the trunk. I think this is mainly for Uber drivers? Because basically you're going to be driving around with the doors locked so that way no random person can just be like, Hey, are you an Uber? Take me to the airport. But if you do pull up and you want to unlock everything, now I thought you could just hit the little lock icon on the screen. Yeah. But maybe if you're getting out of the car to help with things anyway, you could just long press and then all the doors are open. Yeah. Cool. Tire configuration. So now you can reset the learned tire settings directly after a tire rotation, swap, or replacement for an improved driving experience. And we talked about this last week, yep. basically. And lastly, distance measurements. Yeah, so remember we reported that Tesla recently announced they are removing ultrasonic sensors. Well, it appears that Tesla has reinstated distance measurements with the new update using cameras only which I still don't know how they do right in front of the car because the cameras can't see right in front of the car, but I don't know. Presumably the car has moved into that space and it uses cameras to right. guess where the things are. If you have this update and you don't have any ultrasonic sensors on your car, please show us with like a tape measure. This would be a great video contributor story. Awesome video contributor story. I think we could bump you up to the top if you, if you right. got it out, you know, this week. So hello at now, you know, channel.com. Send us those videos because I'd love to see that. Okay. So. That's 2022.40.4. Now let's talk about 10.69.3 update for FSD had been stuck on the .20 fork, which was actually behind the non-testers. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. Sometimes for the FSD beta testers, you actually don't get the latest updates because you're so busy focusing on the full self-driving part. So yeah. now 
10.69.3 will get to enjoy features that have been available to everyone else for months, including all these features. And then beta itself is getting a whole slew of updates that I can't wait to check out when they arrive. Uh, Holmar's catalog shared these screens of what's in it. Really too complicated to get into, and it really doesn't mean anything until you actually see it. So as soon as we get it, I think we're going to run out there and probably make a video with it. So if you joined us for the five hour long AI day number two, then you might remember seeing this. That was Teslabot's leg muscle lifting a half ton or thousand pound nine foot concert grand piano. And Tesla just released this as a separate video on their channel a few days ago. Wait, isn't this the same Tesla bot that people were saying was just a joke Elon had made at AI Day? Yeah, I think it's pretty funny, the pushback that we had gotten for about a year. I mean, it's almost like we listened to the presentation and knew it wasn't an Elon prank. <laughs> it's kind of like it's our job or something. But you might be asking, who is the man playing the floating piano? And it's none other than Tesla's principal motor designer, Konstantinos Lascaris. Now, I think some people might be scared by this, Jesse. I mean, if the robots have the power to lift grand pianos, surely they'll be able to crush people, right? Well, no, actually. And Konstantinos actually explained this during AI Day. Of course, most people didn't watch through the whole five-hour presentation. But basically, our quadricep muscles can do the same thing. They could lift a 1,000 pounds if you could directly drive them. See, the thing is, your muscle is connected to your leg in such a way that it gives pretty crummy leverage. Oh. But that's all in exchange for speed. And so this is why most people can run, but not deadlift a piano. And remember, kids, if someone asks you to move a piano, you say, no, no hire, hire a, a professional. professional. It's a little PSA for the day. Your back will thank you. <laughs> so will all of your door frames, the <laughs> piano, the guy who asked you to move the piano. piano. Also, the piano movers will thank you. Yeah, uh, just... Don't move a piano by yourself. <laughs> so according to Financial Times, Tesla and mining company Glencore started preliminary discussions last year for Tesla to buy a 10 to 20 percent stake in Glencore. Glencore produces nickel, copper and cobalt and has existing supply agreements with SK Innovation, Samsung SDI, BMW and GM. So talks continued in March of this year with Glencore's chief executive, Gary Nagel, even visiting the Fremont factory as part of Glencore's financial results roadshow. But according to sources, the discussion ended with no deal. The main issue apparently being Glencore's extensive coal mining business, which just wasn't a good fit for Tesla's sustainable goals. Now, I know you might be saying, why is this even news? I mean, the deal never happened, but hang on. This shows us how seriously Tesla is looking to lock down battery materials. If Tesla was willing to buy a significant stake in Glencore, which by the way, is a $78 billion market cap company. So we're talking, you know, 10 to 20% is seven to $15 billion investment, then Tesla is willing to spend billions to assure supplies and is probably in talks with other mining companies as we speak. That would not surprise me at all. And so maybe we should be thinking about that. Maybe looking for mining companies that don't do coal. Yeah. Maybe join us over on the Investor Club mm. where we talk about that kind of stuff. So Elon retweeted last Friday, the boring company's tweet, full-scale Hyperloop testing has begun. Wow, take a look at that door. That. That is an illusion. Well, isn't that the airlock from the video game Fallout? Yes. So this looks like Texas to me. I can't explain why, but the sky looks like Texas sky. Comment below if you think I'm right. There's something about the sky that just looks like it's Texas sky. Okay. I, I mean, I'll bet it's right near Giga Texas if that's yeah. the case. So, okay, that's a Model 3 in the tunnel. But that's not how Hyperloop works, right? It works on a vacuum tube with pods that travel at speeds of hundreds of miles an hour. My guess is that this Tesla is just staged for the photo, although you could 
put yourself in a pressure suit. <laughs> you could definitely get one launch going okay. down the tube, and then there's uh, just rolling resistance. Oh, so like the autonomy would just drive it like at 700 miles an hour? It won't go 700. I don't <laughs> know. What, I don't know what they're off. doing. Uh, by the way, Tesla closed the Hawthorne, California above ground test tunnel. Uh, the below ground tunnel is still there, but it is being unused. You know, I still never got my ride through the mile long test tunnel that I was promised. And you see this little thing here? Do you, do you see the number on here, Jesse? What's it, the number? Uh, zero, zero, three. Okay. I was at the boring tunnel event. <laughs> and they were supposed to call out numbers. My friends had number one and number two. Jehu had number one. Uh, this is number three. And we never got a ride in the tunnel. And so that night at 1230 at night, they came over to us and they're like, we have to close down. But we promise you, you'll get your ride. And guess what? I was robbed. I never got my <laughs> damn ride in the tunnel. So uh, see, it says boring company right on the back. So... I, I said to them specifically, you promised me? So, I mean, and they're like, yep, we'll have you back in a few weeks. And I've been waiting. I've been waiting for that email. This, haven't gotten it yet. This, it, I mean, the good news is, though, that when they have international hyperloops that can get I better be number three. Well, no, no, this, this is just a... <laughs> <laughs> now I don't have it anymore. Oh, you God. dropped it in I your coffee. But I mean, here's, here's the good news, Zach, is okay. that when Hyperloop is a international travel system this is just your free ticket you go you just, number three you just wave this and you get to go on every perfect uh, a hyperloop i think that's i think that's fair right i think that's totally fair uh comment down below if you yep. think that's fair maybe i'll sell it now i do want to point out that there are companies that are, are doing hyperloop like uh, htt or hyperloop transportation technologies virgin hyperloop transpod and more that are working on this technology so do you think the Boring Company is going to get in on all this as well? Or do you think they'll just be making the tunnels for Hyperloop companies? I just don't think like once you have the tunnel part, I think that the pods aren't that hard. Well, I mean, that we've seen they're working on right now a bunch of companies, including, you know, the competition that Tesla had. Unfortunately, yeah, they took down the test tunnel. I, maybe they're going to move it to Texas. I think they might. Yeah, that would be cool. Anyway, comment below. What do you think? Are we going to be moving the test to Texas? We are sponsored by Cybertruck Owners Club. So head on over to their website for Cybertruck news and discussions and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. And there you're going to find their crowdsource reservation tracker so you can update it and find your place in line. If you're into dirt bikes, you're going to want to check out our videos of the Talaria Sting all-electric dirt bike over on our sister channel, Now Let's Review. Ethan is a dirt bike aficionado himself, and I think he is smitten with this bike. Yeah, in his latest video, he takes the Talaria Sting off-roading through forest trails to see what the range is. Now, that is a big question with electric bikes of all shapes and sizes, but especially dirt bikes, mopeds, and motorcycles where you don't have pedals. Right. Since you can't pedal your way back home, you have to know how far you can go with certainty before you head out on a trip, especially if you're in the woods without any way to charge. So Ethan was forced to ride the Sting for hours. <laughs> I'm sure he loved every minute of it. I am too. He did all this in the name of science so that you can see what kind of range you can expect on this bike. I'm just so excited that there are now more and more choices in practically every category. Yeah. So head on over to Now Let's Review, subscribe so you don't miss all the great content we have coming your way. So here's a new electric product I'd love to check out in person, the 653E Electro Telescoping Crane from German crane maker Cinebogen. It debuted last week and it's the first battery powered crane in its weight class. It can lift up to 50 tons with a 43 meter boom length. Wow, take that Tesla bot. I know, right? <laughs> it has a 210 kilowatt hour battery and 130 kilowatt electric motor with 22 kilowatt 
kilowatts of onboard charging. So that means after 14 hours of continuous work, you can just plug it in at the job site and it's ready to go the next day. The 653E Electro saves more than 23 tons of CO2 per year compared to an equivalent diesel crane. So there's less maintenance, no oil changes, of course, and it's quiet and it doesn't smell. These are all great features for urban work sites. We also learned that you can charge it while it's working. So effectively, it could work around the clock. Yeah, that's cool because some construction folks might be like, well, you know, we got to work at 22 hours. And it's like, well, you can. The Swedish autonomous and freight company Einride has just unveiled a couple new things. First is their Gen 2 pod autonomous freight truck. Okay, looks a lot like their first pod what's different well you can see that the gen 2 here is on the right next to their gen 1 it has a larger cargo hold greater maximum speed better night vision and a better sensor suite and they now have nitsa approval as the first autonomous trucks on the road in the u.s okay hold on hold on, hold on. why does it need night vision so it can drive at night that's what headlights are for right they improved the headlights but don't forget wait they put on headlights and called it night vision well no i mean it also uses lidar and stuff Okay. But there's a human back at the headquarters watching. And so if something goes wrong, they also need to be able to see what's going on. I see. And probably on the side of the truck. And you don't want to put headlights on the side of the truck. Right. Okay. I got gotcha. you. So Einride has been working with GE Appliances on a pilot program to move GE freight on U.S. roads using the pod. Einride also announced that they are building these. Einride charging stations, with one being built as we speak near the port of Los Angeles and a bunch already built in Sweden. And Einride announced that they just started freight operations in Germany as well. So this is really cool. This is actually autonomous freight delivery systems. Yeah. I mean, I want to visit them next time we're in Sweden. And I heard that they're also working with Maersk and Beyond Meat. So yeah. So lots you, of different companies. When you get your Beyond Meat burger, it was not only sustainable, but sustainably transported. It's even more vegan because there wasn't even a human involved in driving it to you. <laughs> right. So as we previously reported when Elon tweeted on October 17th, standard non-performance 3 and Y suspension in production now has improved comfort without affecting handling. Now we've learned from a Tesla email to employees last week that Model Ys being built at Fremont and Giga Texas will include what Tesla is calling comfort suspension. This also applies to Model Y performance, and it now appears that Model Y long ranges made at Giga Texas as of August 29th, and Model Y long ranges made at Fremont as of October 7th have the comfort suspension change. Model Y performance built on or after October 11th also has comfort suspension. So, lots of questions out there. Do Model 3s have it? Can customers who recently received their Model Ys before it was a feature get it retroactively installed? I don't know. We just don't know yet. Comment below if you have some answers. And what is comfort suspension? Well, Tesla describes it as our latest Model Y comfort suspension provides improved ride comfort and reduced road harshness while maintaining the steering and handling precision characteristic of Tesla vehicles. So in other words, I don't know. We are continuing to look into it. But I mean, I got to say, this is what Tesla does. They develop a better way to do something or a new feature. And then rather than wait to implement it until the next model year, they build it into the car as soon as it's developed and ready. Although it can be frustrating for customers who want the latest features. Uh, but this is one of Tesla's greatest strengths and why none of the other auto manufacturers can catch them. Uh, but I still want to know. What is comfort suspension? Right. Is it going to affect the handling? Because he says it's not. That's not possible. <laughs> what do you mean? That's impossible. I just don't think you can make the suspension softer and and still have tight suspension. Hmm. I like the tight suspension of my car. It's a little race car. Do you think people were complaining? And that's why they had to change it on the Model Y? It can be a little 
terse. And I understand if you buy a, an SUV, the Model Y, that you might want it to be a little bit softer for your kids in the back since you're probably not racing up Pikes Peak. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, comment down below what you think. Maybe we should race the Model Y up Pikes Peak. <laughs> well, it looks like a new EV car company is entering the ring. Wow. Another EV startup. It's going to be hard for them to get funding in these tough economic times. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have any problem with funding. Really? Okay, but still, I mean, they're going to have to develop a working prototype with an electric powertrain, batteries, all that. And then they're going to have to figure out how to mass produce it at scale. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a problem for them either. What, are they backed by Saudi princes or something? Uh, Yep, they actually are. The brand is Seer, and it will be owned by the Saudi Public Investment Sovereign Wealth Fund, which is the fifth largest fund in the world with over $600 billion in assets. They're partnering with Foxconn to produce the vehicle and licensing technology from BMW. Seer plans to deliver its first vehicle in 2025. So I'm guessing that they're going to build the plant in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, I think that Saudi Arabia sees the writing on the wall. Oil is going away. What do they have a lot of? Oil. They also have a lot of sun. Mm. Um, so I think they know that they've got to shift. They've got to pivot. And they know that EVs are the future. Saudi Arabia plans to export 150,000 vehicles in 2026. My guess is that this is going to be a mix of Lucid, which is owned by them, uh, and Seer. And I mean, oh, there's also a Lucid factory in Saudi Arabia, too. They're right? starting to build one, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Also, uh, what's up with the wall, by the way? Is this like a dystopian a, future? No, it's it's awesome. Isn't it great? I don't want to live in a wall. A big. No, it's a line. They take they take a city. They turn it into a line. Haven't we seen that this is a bad Hundreds of miles Hasn't Game long. of Thrones taught us nothing about walls? So Rivian was supposed to start delivering a couple new configurations of their all-electric pickup truck. Yeah, the Max Pack battery pack with a 400-mile range was supposed to start coming out this year. And the dual-motor variant was also supposed to start deliveries in 2022 when people, like me, placed their orders back in 2018. But Rivian has now pushed these options back to 2024. Four for the R1T quad motor max pack and summer of 2023 for the dual motor version. I mean, I get delaying the max pack because it takes cells away from being able to deliver more vehicles, but the dual motor should actually help by using less motors. Yeah, it's just Rivian probably doesn't want to have to reconfigure their lines in the factory, which would slow down their production rate that they already achieved. Yeah, I think we think of Rivian as an electric pickup truck company, but they are super focused on their delivery van production because... Ultimately, that is what's going to bring the revenue in for them. Yeah, I think that's true. We often forget about the delivery vans because none of us are going to buy them personally. But that is really, I mean, you know, Amazon is lined up to buy as many as they can make. All right, it's time to play Follow the Leader. Do you remember that game? Maybe. Remember, we all used to play it on the playground during recess. You would line up behind the leader and then you'd have to do exactly what the leader does. So anyone who doesn't copy exactly what the leader does is out. So why are we talking about a kid's game? Is it only a kid's game? Or is it a game of corporations? Now you've completely lost me. What? All right. Remember recently we reported on Tesla cutting prices in China? Okay. Well, guess who's following the leader? After Tesla cut prices, according to the China Evening Post, Ford just followed suit, cutting prices of the entire Mustang Mach-E lineup in China. By lowering prices below 300,000 won, the rear-wheel drive standard range and the rear-wheel drive long range will now both be eligible for China's EV subsidy. So far, Ford has only sold a few thousand Mach-E's in China, but maybe if you keep following the leader Ford, you'll pick up sales. But just remember what happens if you don't do exactly like the leader does. And we got lots of Starlink news this week. So firstly, 
11 Starlink dishes were spotted on Norwegian cruise line ship the Norwegian Breakaway. Wow. And those are the new maritime dishes. Yep. Secondly, Starlink is implementing a one terabyte soft cap on residential and business users. Um, essentially, if you use more than one terabyte in a given month, you will lose priority access, uh, meaning possibly slower speeds. I mean, it doesn't seem that likely to happen. I mean, one terabyte is 1000 gigabytes. So that's roughly 33 gigabytes a day. You'd have to be streaming like three hours of 4K video every day. What are you trying to say? Nothing. <laughs> Moving on to the Middle East, Starlink has completed tests in Jordan and has received licenses to operate in Qatar and Bahrain, although it appears that they aren't operating there yet. Starlink is also expanding north, way far north, with the addition of polar orbits and laser link satellites. Even the big man himself is going to be able to get Starlink. But also people who live in the Yukon, Northwest Territories, and Nunavut. And our final piece of Starlink news today is that Starlink is offering discounts to people in Australia. So 51% off hardware if you order it before the end of the year. Also, Starlink has cut the monthly subscription fee in Italy by nearly 30%, down to just 50 euros per month. They also don't bill for the hardware for the first month, so that if you don't like it, you can cancel and return the hardware before being billed for it. That's a nice free trial. They're offering the same discount in Switzerland. So check that out if you live there. And I think that the big piece of Starlink news that that doesn't ever really get covered okay. um, is the is the rinse and repeat launches of Starlink. It's so common. It's so ubiquitous. It happens all the time that most people don't bother watching. They're like, oh, Starlink's doing a launch. Well, I have seen a launch before that it goes up and then they land the thing. I wish they... there was some way we could like just show that. So here are the last 16 Starlink launches. Uh, that doesn't even bring us back three months. What? You're trying to tell me that what we're seeing now is less than three months of Starlink launches. And that is why they can offer so much service because they have so many satellites in orbit. I was blown away the other day, and I follow this all the time, to learn that there's, what, 3,000 satellites already in orbit? Yeah. It's incredible. We just started talking about Starlink a couple years ago, and now they've already blanketed the entire planet's low Earth orbit. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's practically nowhere on Earth that you shouldn't technically be able to get the satellite. I mean, of course, there's lots of other reasons why you wouldn't be able to get it, but this is pretty amazing. Yeah. Now I want to take us all in a time machine back to June of 2019. The Mercedes EQE had just been announced. It was going to have 400 miles of range and level three autonomy, and it was going to look like this. Whoa. And now it's finally released and it doesn't have any of those specs. Wait, what? Yep, it looks like this. It has level two autonomy. H how about the range? 305 miles, a mere 95 miles short of the 400 we were promised back in 2019. Well, what about the price? I think that's the only thing that they actually hit. Less than the price of a Tesla Model S. It's a really hard target. $75,000 for the base model, although it does go up to 91.5 for apparently no extra range. So wait, that wouldn't qualify for the tax credit? Even if it were assembled in North America, which it's not. So, I mean, was this supposed to compete with the Model S? Back in 2019, I guess. But in my opinion, the Model S has since gone up a weight class, like in terms of power, speed, and range and everything. And the Model 3 was able to come in at well below this price point with an even better range and a charging network. Okay, so then who is this car for? People who want to buy a Mercedes but don't want to get the EQS? 
They want a slightly cheaper than the EQS. So, so budget QE budget Mercedes buyers who don't want to buy a Model Three, which would right. be the smarter choice. I just I don't know. I'm, you can debate me in the comments and saying, "Well, use all these luxury features, Jesse," but I just I've never felt like I needed it. All right, so there's this quote, and I just can't get over it. This is Subaru CEO Tomomi Nakamura, and he said that Subaru is currently not considering building an electric car plant in the U.S because it can't compete with McDonald's wages. And this is what he said to Auto News. Here's the quote. In Indiana, part-time workers at McDonald's earn 20 to $25 an hour, which is in competition with what temporary workers make at our plant. If we were to build a new plant, it would be very difficult to hire new people for that. Labor costs are rising now. It's quite challenging for us to secure workers for our Indiana plant, including those of suppliers. And I'm just really surprised that he would say that out loud because to me, it sounds like it's cheaper to make a cheeseburger than a Subaru. And that even then, he's not willing to pay people to do that. But he's not even correct. I did a little research. Uh, minimum wage in Indiana is $7.25. Here in Massachusetts, by the way, it's $14.25, which is almost double. Yeah, and I see positions at McDonald's and Whole Foods here in Massachusetts starting at $15 to $18 an hour. Right. And I looked it up and a part time job at McDonald's in Indianapolis is $13 an hour. But who knows? Maybe in Lafayette, Indiana, which is where they have their plant, it's it's $20. I tried to look it up. I couldn't find it. I, I mean, I do get it. I do know that restaurants are having a hard time finding workers and wages are going up. I, I get that. But you don't have to say the quiet part out loud. You don't have to yeah. say McDonald's and your brand. That's just uh, that is a brand killer. Don't do that. I think this has to do with the Inflation Reduction Act. I think that companies in Japan and, and South Korea and Europe are really upset now because the U.S. is basically kind of drawn in our wagons mm -hmm. and we're like, you can only make cars here. And so some companies are immediately trying to open factories here mm -hmm. so they can get in on the tax incentive. And other companies are like, not fair. We're not we're not going to play your game. And it's like, OK, don't play the game. Um, and you're going to lose. Uh, also, your... <laughs> Subaru, you're going to lose no matter what. That company, you're gone. Let me just tell you, you're not even making your own EV. That EV is basically the BZ4X. And so you can call it the Solterra all you want. It's not your car. <laughs> you didn't do enough to make it different. Hey, if you want to share a story you've seen on the show, but you don't want to share the entire hour long episode, head on over to our Now You Know Clips channel where we chop them up into little bite sized clips for you. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends, as always, Henson Shaving. And Henson Shaving makes this amazing razor. If you haven't had a chance to go check it out, I urge you to go over to HensonShaving.com. And if you want to buy this razor, you can get 100 free blades. Simply add the blades to your cart and use the code now you know to get all those blades for free. It's a I great use Christmas this. present. It's a great Christmas present. I use this razor every single week right before the show. Um, and I, I credit it for the way that my face looks. So the mayor of London tweeted out last week, game changing as part of our commitment to making London greener for everyone. TFL are introducing 20 new emission free electric buses in 2023, and they only take 10 minutes to charge. I look forward to seeing these new buses in action. Look at how cool those look. 
So London has ordered 20 of these new iTram buses from the Spanish e-mobility maker Irizar. They will run on London's 358 route from Crystal Palace to Orpington, charging for five minutes at either end. Irizar says that just 10 minutes of charge using this inverted pantograph charging system above the bus is all that will be needed for continuous service for this 12 meter or 39 foot long bus. The interior of the bus looks pretty posh too, with USB chargers, Wi-Fi, and luggage racks. These buses will be added to the already 850 electric buses in London's fleet. London's TFL, or Transport for London, says they're on track to meet their goal of a zero emission bus fleet by 2034, and they may even be able to do it earlier. Some people think they'll be able to do it by 2030. All right, it's time for Going Green and we're sponsored by EcoWare. So the holidays are coming up and what better way to shop for gifts than to do it sustainably? Check out the cool shirts that we're wearing this week. You can get these over at ecoware.us. And while you're there, check out this week's stocking stuffer idea, the induction moon charger. We bought one of these for our editor, Bobby, and he loves it. I think he even changed the background of his phone to be starships so that every time he charges his phone, it looks like starship is landing on the moon, which I love. Go to ecoware.us now and buy this perfect gift for your space loving friends or family. And keep in mind that we plant multiple trees for every order. And we help cap methane spewing abandoned oil wells with the Well Done Foundation, making your purchase carbon negative. Start positive conversations today with carbon negative products at Ecoware. So I wanted to talk about this story. Apparently this home builder has created the first all electric solar and battery powered microgrid community in California. And I'm really not too sure if it's the first uh, and nor do I care, frankly. Then why do you want to talk about it? I want to talk about what's actually in these houses. Okay. Uh, they got solar, they got a home battery, they got heat pump water heater, mm. heat pump climate system, mm. smart panel, mm. and a vehicle to grid EV car charger. Wow. Uh, plus, all the homes in the community are hooked up to a large central battery so the community can act as a microgrid with VPP and all yeah. sorts of really cool stuff. Now, personally, it would be better if these were ground sourced heat pumps instead of air sourced. Um, but it's a really good look at what we could be thinking about for a house of the future. Yeah, there are a lot of other optimizations that could be made, but these are being built just outside of L.A. So we're not really talking about big winters or anything. I think the smart electrical panel is going to do a lot of good, especially in the case of power outage from the grid. Yeah, I can't can't wait to get my hands on a smart panel and see what it can do. Yeah, there's a couple companies already making them, Span uh, and Schneider. And yeah, if these houses can all kind of talk to some central thing that says like power just went out, we're limiting your power to just, you know, a few circuits. Today, that seems like it'd be impossible. Like you'd have to run down to your breaker and like throw things. And But if it's all Wi-Fi connected, I mean, this could be amazing. Yeah. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So in the past seven years, power lines have caused six of California's 20 most deadly wildfires. A company called Dryad Networks have developed this. It's a solar powered sensor that can detect the smell of fire and report it to one of their solar powered gateways, which is basically a mobile network hub. With these distributed throughout a forest, Pacific Gas and Electric, which is California's largest utility, along with firefighters, can locate a newly started wildfire within minutes and race to put it out before it spreads. This is really cool. But why can't they just use like satellites to do this? So there are already existing systems that use satellites, but these systems can't see under tree canopies. So generally the fire has to get pretty big before they're spotted that way. And by that time, it may be too late. Dryad system works 24 hours a day. All right, because they have solar and batteries in their sensors and gateways. Right, solar and batteries. We can solve so many problems with these two technologies. And that's why I wanted to put it in today's episode, because I think we just think about solar 
on a roof mm. uh, or in a big grid system. But I mean, solar panels can solve problems all over the place. We actually see them every day and we don't even notice it. Mm -hmm. There's solar powering all sorts of things that you just don't really think about. And what a great solution to have basically smoke detectors throughout a forest that could prevent a wildfire. Yeah. It's awesome. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. We got two of them this week. And if you want to send in your story, remember, two minutes or less, shoot them in landscape, good audio and no music. A lot of people ask me, like, how long can they be? Two minutes or less. Uh, we got Brett and his solar powered boat. Hey, Zach and Jesse, it's Brett, one of your patron members. I'm here in the Bahamas. Uh, but what's really interesting is where I'm on the Bahamas. I, on, I am on a solar electric yacht. This was built by, or refitted by Peter here. And Peter took this flying bridge roof, he took the entire thing down, put five kilowatt hours of solar on here. He has some more back here, as you can see. And um, he took out the stinky diesel engines and he replaced them with an all electric system, two electric motors and uh, 80 kilowatt hours of batteries. It's this, it's right here. It's deep blue system, lithium ion, that's 80 kilowatt hours. So this is what they use on the I-3, which a lot of us have heard of. There is one of the Torquedo motors, but that's not all. Peter even has a tender, 100% solar electric, charged by solar. So you can see from here just how big that flying bridge is. So a little over five kilowatt hours is enough to power the air condition. Named the first edition, as you saw, it's enough to power stove, freezers, three cabins, extremely luxurious and extremely incredible. And it doesn't take a genius to realize that if you have a solar electric boat, you could put you could put a Starlink satellite on here. You could get internet, high-speed internet. If you can work remote, you can work from a boat and um, have potentially unlimited range. And uh, really makes you think. And now you know. Oh, that's uh, infinite range. Infinite range. Go anywhere. So when the zombie apocalypse comes, <laughs> you're all set, Brett. Uh, thank you, Brett, for that. And now we got Clueless Dad, so check this out. Hey guys, if you're interested to know about EVs in Japan, this location, which is a shopping mall in Moriyama, has a whopping 61, I guess it's uh, AC charging points. But guess what? Out of all 61, there's plenty of cars parking here, but only one actually plugged in. Not a single one plugged in till you get to ding, 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 the only one. That one might actually have a plug, but it's not plugged in. I saw a Nissan Aria, which is brand new, plugged in, and that was it. Actually, they don't even try to enforce it. Only on a few, they put some cones to say EVs only. The rest, I think they just gave up. And there's tons of spiders and spider webs on all these chargers because they're basically underused, if at all. So as you can see, the charging infrastructure is not that bad. Convenience stores, shopping malls, most big box stores, even the car dealerships all have charge points, but I've almost never seen anyone ever use any of them. So it's a kind of a case of, even if you build it, they won't necessarily come because the manufacturers aren't making enough cars. They really love their non-plug-in hybrids here, as they call them self-charging cars. So anyway, now you know, see you next time. Thanks, Clueless Dad, and you can check out his YouTube channel here. I love that we get to go all over the planet 
First yeah. to Florida, then to Japan. We get to see what's going on. Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Like what other channel has this community of folks that's telling you what's going on? Really disappointing in Japan. I know, right? Really disappointing. One Aria plugged in. <laughs> the spiders like it though. Little spider houses. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And this week we got a whole bunch of Investor Club bonus stories. So you want to check those out. And a whole bunch of stories on Patreon. You can see those all for a buck a month. If you head over to Patreon, you'll support us, which makes this show possible. And you'll get to feel really good about yourself. So go check it out. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These are people that support us for $5 or more. Who do we got, Jess? We got Brian Bauman, Steve Domery, David Clark, Kent Calero, Soul Hawk, James Perrine, and Bandetto Hemtaro. Thank you so much for supporting us. We cannot do the show without you. And we got a Patreon poll this week. We asked, do you think Tesla can pull out 80,000 car deliveries this year in Germany? And this is what our patrons said. They're always right. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. And guess what he's talking about this week? You'll never guess. Um, Mars? <laughs> nope. He's the Twitter complaint hotline operator, so that's what he's talking about. He said, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me if Trump is coming back on this platform, Twitter would be minting money. And then, did you remember that in 2012... Twitter bought Vine. Remember that? Uh, it's kind of like TikTok. And remember what they did with it? They canceled it. They just got rid of it. They spent $30 million on something. It was something. very popular. Very popular. And then they just canceled it. So Elon asked, should we bring back Vine? And most people said yes. yes. Elon tweeted this out. Wachtel and Twitter board deliberately hid this evidence from the court. Stay tuned. More to come. And basically, it sounds like literally doing what Elon is accusing us of doing. Ooh, okay. So then Elon said, Twitter is simply the most interesting place on the internet. That's why you're reading this tweet right now. He said, being attacked by both left and right simultaneously is a good sign. And then, spoiler alert, you get what you pay for. Twitter speaks to the inner masochist in all of us. Then he said, Twitter's current lords and peasant system for who has or doesn't have a blue checkmark is bullshit. Power to the people, blue for $8 a month. So anyone can get a blue checkmark for $8 a month? Yeah, power to the people, he said. This will also give Twitter a revenue stream to reward content creators. There will be a secondary tag below the name for someone who is a public figure, which is already the case for politicians. Hmm. And tweeted this out, all for $8, yes. And by the way, that is his Halloween costume. Here he is with his mom posing for Halloween. And I think Elon looks like he's in really good shape. I think his uh, diet's really working. Yeah. Also, I love that costume. And I love his dog's costume. Elon said, because it consists of billions of bi-directional interactions per day, Twitter can be thought of as a collective cybernetic superintelligence. With a lot of room for improvement. He said, a neuron doesn't realize it's a neuron. Why is small talk even legal? Tiny talk is talk so small, it feels like it's coming from your own mind. All right, so let's get to this $8 thing. So basically, Twitter's going to have an $8 verification fee. So if you want to have that check mark, even Elon, I guess, is going to have to pay $8 a month. He said, trash me all day, but it'll cost $8. And a bunch of people push back. Stephen King said, $20 a month to keep my blue check. F that. They should pay me. If that gets instituted, I'm gone like Enron. And then David Sachs says, the entitled delete is not mad they have to pay $8 a month. They're mad that anyone can pay $8 a month. And Elon said, bullseye. Right. And that was back, I mean... uh Elon originally said $20 a month for the blue check mark. Yeah, there was some talk about what the price would be. Sure. Um, so Elon said, we need to pay the bill somehow. Twitter cannot rely entirely on advertisers. How about $8? I will explain the rationale in longer form before this is implemented. It is the only way to defeat the bots and trolls. So all complainers, please continue complaining, but it will cost $8. And then he tweeted out this meme. Mm -hmm. 
And he said, totally stole the idea of charging for insults and arguments from Monty Python, to be honest. I'm not allowed to argue, I just pay. I just paid. No, you didn't. I did. Uh, regarding Twitter's reduction in force, unfortunately, there's no choice when the company is losing over $4 million a day. Everyone exited was offered three months of severance, which is 50% more than legally required. And we're going to be talking about this on the bonus stories that he did a big layoff. Again, to be crystal clear, Twitter's strong commitment to content moderation remains absolutely unchanged. In fact, we have actually seen hateful speech at times this week decline below our prior norms, contrary to what you may have read in the press. Twitter has had a massive drop in revenue due to activist groups pressuring advertisers, even though nothing has changed with content moderation, and we did everything we could to appease the activists. Extremely messed up. They're trying to destroy free speech in America. And he tweeted out this poll, advertisers should support freedom of speech or political correctness. And Elon had something to say about AOC's shirt for sale. And another meme about how people are willing to spend money on Starbucks, but, oh, they're upset about the check. And, of course, some dad jokes. This rocks. And this one, which I completely don't understand. So this one is programming uh, related because he's he had to go to Twitter and basically now he's rewriting all of Twitter. So, uh, you know, programmer jokes. Gotcha. He said Twitter will soon add the ability to attach long form text to tweets, ending absurdity of notepad screenshots. Hey, I said that last week. Yes, you did. Wow. Followed... Where's my $8? <laughs> I know, right? Maybe you should get it refunded. Followed by creator monetization of all forms of content. This mm. is really cool. I think this might be enabling us to put some shorts on there and get monetization. So it could be a new job. You could be a Twitterer. Twitter? Twit? Twit. You flipping twit. Search within Twitter reminds me of InfoSeek in 1998. That will also get a lot better pronto. Yeah. I mean, if you go searching for something on Twitter, just like forget about Good it. You, luck, you might as well buddy. Google it. Yeah. And then he retweeted this from Tesla. Design and manufacture actuators for our Optimus robot. So they are looking for people, people. Mm -hmm. Elon said, going forward, any Twitter handles engaging in impersonation without clearly specifying parody will be permanently suspended. So, so you can get permanently suspended. Uh, yeah. So he's already suspended someone for impersonating him, which of nice. course has created a whole bunch of backlash and stuff like that. Previously, we issued a warning before suspension, but now that we are rolling out widespread verification, there will be no warning. This will be clearly identified as a condition for signing up to Twitter Blue. Any name change at all will cause temporary loss of verified checkmark. Widespread verification will democratize journalism and empower the voice of the people. And we're going to talk about this more in Patreon bonus because I have some ideas. Twitter needs to become by far the most accurate source of information about the world. That's our mission. My commitment to free speech extends even to not banning the account following my plane, even though this is direct personal safety risk. And Twitter rules will evolve over time, but they're currently the following. So, yeah. Uh, a lot of a, Twitter tweets this Twitter week. Twitter tweets. Elon's Twitter, Twitter tweets of the week about Twitter from the head twit from Elon who owns Twitter. There you have it, folks. Um, now let's move on to something a little bit less incendiary. Our amazing community mail time. Community mail time. All right. So Colleen writes in, dear Zach and Jesse, here's our new 2022 Model 3 long range. We ordered it last year after leasing a 2019 Model 3 single motor. We picked this up in March of this year. We thought how to entertain as well as inform the community. The kids were amazed and the adults asked a lot of questions. We've been to three EV shows this year through Electrify America, educating communities around the Chicago area. We watch you every week as well as Patreon. We love how down to earth you are with the audience and try to educate. Again, thank you for everything you do. Your dedication, humor and passion for a better planet is why we as a family watch you every week oh thank you so much thank Colleen. you and thanks for doing everything you're doing to educate people about evs Man, i mean what a great uh halloween i thing. know right spooky i'd be afraid to put my hand in there <laughs> i know 
Simeon sent us these pictures of a Model S taxi in Barcelona, Spain. Lauren spotted these two Polestar 2s. Brant writes in to say, hey, TTN crew, love the work you guys continue to do. I've attached a picture of a Kia EV6 spotted. I also have a question for the team. Me and the wife are traveling from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada to Boca Chica Starbase. We'll be recording the journey as we drive down with our Tesla Model Y. If I edit a video to send to you, what is the maximum length of time you allow? Stay healthy, Brant. Uh, yes. Send us a video of the highlights of your trip. The answer is two minutes. Remember to film and landscape with good audio, a max of two minutes. Um, I can't wait to share your trip to Starbase. Have a good trip. Jesse sent us these photos of the Kia EV6 spotted at the trailhead outside of Portola Valley, California. But that wasn't me. No, different Jesse. Uh, this could be from the George R.R. Martin song of fire and ice. First, the ice. Eric sent us a couple photos of his idyllic Rivian adventure. But the Rivian Charger at Fall Creek Falls State Park in Tennessee was being iced by a Tesla Model S. Don't be that guy. And then the fire. Same trip with a Nissan ICE car fire. Not an EV fire, an ICE car fire. But of course, no one reports on these anymore because they're so common. Our patron Daniel sent us these pictures of some cruise automation cars driving around Austin, Texas, near the University of Texas. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what's out there in the world. Hello, Zach. Hello, Jesse. This is Victor coming to you from the Supercharger in Avalon, France. Avalon is a little village pretty much in the middle of nowhere. The supercharger is located around about uh, three, four minutes drive from the Alter route that goes from Dijon in the direction of Lyon. There are currently here uh, 16 chargers, version three, so 250 kilowatts. Actually at the supercharger itself, there's very, very little. Over here we have uh, a small restaurant where um, there's also, sorry, a hotel where there's also a restaurant. It's a fairly cheap uh, restaurant chain. Otherwise, at the location itself, there is nothing really to, to speak about. Um, there is a picnic table and we have rubbish bins. It's great to see Tesla is putting in these rubbish bins at locations now. Just down this road here is the actual village. I don't know if we can see anything from here, probably not. I've not been down there. It doesn't seem to be a, a very big place. Um, in the restaurant, unfortunately today it's closed, but in the reception you can get uh, drinks like uh, pineapple juice or coffees or whatever, and muffins. So now you know. Hello everyone, here we are at the Owen Sound Supercharger. It has eight stalls. It's located in a shopping center with all the big box stores. It has lots of food options, including a Swiss chalet across the road, and there is a crosswalk a little further down. So I give this a six out of 10. Hey, Zach and Jesse, I'm Brad. I'm here at the Tarrytown Estate on the Hudson Hotel, which has two destination chargers. This is in uh, Tarrytown, New York, right on the Hudson River, a little bit north of New York City. And uh, I actually got my Model Y two days ago and found this hotel because I had to come up to New York and it was listed on the Destination Charger website. And they've got uh, two free Destination Chargers, a sprawling property, beautiful hotel property, uh, some wildlife that I just saw around here. And it's really cold, but I'm getting charged up. and. Uh, 
gonna go do what I have to do today. So if you're driving through the area, this is a great spot to stay. Uh, I would give it a, an eight out of 10 docking it because uh, last night when I got here, this lot was full and both of the charging spots were taken uh, and it's a pretty tight lot, but I was able to move my car over in the morning and get plugged in no problem. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, this is Kevin from Colorado on the west side of Madison, Wisconsin, just off the Beltline on Whitney Way at an eight stall version three supercharger location. This supercharger is located in the parking lot of the High V grocery store chain, where you will not only be able to shop for groceries, but there's a restaurant, the Market Grill, pharmacy, a Starbucks coffee shop, and more. Across the street on Whitney Way is other small businesses that you can shop at while your car charges here. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. Remember that we have a map where you can upload your own Supercharger Reviews. You can also see all of the Superchargers uh, in the world, where they've been reviewed and where they haven't been. Are you okay? I'm stretching because it's uh, going to be a long one. Oh, for super, we got new Superchargers. We got new huh? Superchargers. Tesla has been busy making new Superchargers. Here are all of the Superchargers that came online just this week. We got the nine stall in Shanghai at Sunshine Riverside Center in China. The three stall at Jiwan Wangwushan Hotel in China. The three stall in Haifei at Venki Plaza, China. The 16 stall in West Covina, California. Number 48 in North Carolina is the 12 stall in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The three stall in Shangsha Denha Jingquao International Future City, China. The three stall in Yiwu at the Zijing Future Commercial Plaza, China. The three stall in Hangzhou at the Westfield Shopping Center, China. Number 43 in Illinois is the 12 stall in Chicago at South Pulaski Road, Illinois. Number 158 in Canada is the 8 stall at Latouk, Quebec. The three stall in Guangzhou at Asian Games City, China. The three stall in Jian, Joy Plaza, China. The three stall in Wuhan at Guanyan Science and Technology Park, China. The three stall in Wuhan at Poly Plaza, China. Number 316 in California is the 8 stall at El Portal, California. The six stall in Wenzhou at Wangbang Center, China. The three stall in Yuhuan at Wyndham Garden Hotel, China. Number 1448 in China is the two stall in Beijing. It's only 150 kilowatts at the Shayun Pushin Hotel, China. Number 51 in Pennsylvania is the eight stall in Claysburg, Pennsylvania. Number 93 in Texas is the eight stall in Shenandoah, Texas. The 12 stall at Air du Bourbonnet, France. Number 66 in Sweden is the 11 stall in Juzdal, Sweden. Number 126 in France is the 12 stall at Bassin d'Arcachon, France. And number 32 in Michigan, number 1541 in the U.S., number 4369 in the world is the 12 stall in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Woo! A lot. I got through it. I didn't, I didn't uh, cramp up week. at all because I stretched. Just this week. Wow. <laughs> amazing. It is amazing. And thank you so much to all of our amazing Patreon patrons who are joining us and you're, you're seeing them here. Um, these are the people who make this show possible. It doesn't it doesn't work. This show doesn't work without Patreon support. YouTube doesn't really 
the number of people that we're talking to doesn't really support the work that it takes to make this every week. You know, YouTube doesn't love us because we don't do enough stupid stuff on the show. Yes, like, we're not like, hey guys, what's up? Today we're going to crash something. We're, right. we're talking about constructive things and uh, fortunately we get to talk to constructive people like you, um, but unfortunately it's not what, it's not most people who love right. destructive things. And you know, if you want to head over to Patreon and support us, we have something called the Investor Club over there. And look, if we can help you for making one bad investment or help you make one good investment, we hope that you'll see the value in joining the Investor Club because we have over a thousand members there who get it. It's worth being part of the Investor Club, in my opinion. Uh, the Investor Club has bonus stories every week. We have live streams with founders and CEOs. We have content that you're just not going to find anywhere else on the internet. I know that's amazing to be able to say, but it's true. You're not going to find this anywhere else on the internet. So please consider joining us over there. It'll not only help us out a lot, it'll help you out a lot. And thank you so much for watching and hitting the like button. We'll see you next time. Now you know. know.